Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Welcome into the Danny Mac Show on a Friday. My name is Dan McLaughlin. Uh, hopefully, we'll hook up with BK. He is out at Centene, and we're trying to connect with him as the Blues will be practicing today. They have one of the biggest games of the year coming up against Arizona, and you can listen to that game tomorrow right here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we'll visit with Tom McCarthy. He is the longtime play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you probably have seen him on the NCAA tournament. You probably have seen him on the NFL. Does a great job, and uh, he'll break down what's happening on the Philly side of things as we look ahead to this weekend series with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Eflin will go tonight. They were rained out, so they're going to push him back. He's going to go tonight. He's a good one, and the Cardinals are going to also face Austin Nola this weekend, which is not an easy thing to do. So tough test coming up uh, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals in terms of some of the pitching that they're going to see this weekend. I'm not sure, um, Tanner, we could have a better lead-in than Randy doing Madonna. No, I, I'm not. I mean, the, the ratings are skyrocketing right now here at 101 ESPN. Um, you weren't in here all morning. I was. That was something. Definitely a highlight for sure. Really a highlight? Yeah. You don't think so? That's got to be like number one. I don't know if there's anything that's going to top that today. <laughs> we have uh, people saying that Randy has the voice of an angel. When is the full co- uh, album coming out? Um, it's it's interesting to see the fact that uh, Randy would go all 80s. And this song that was picked was Like a Virgin by Madonna. And Randy did it to a T. He was exceptional uh, in his karaoke and punishment for losing said bet. Uh, you know, I old man T-Bone here would definitely pick an 80s song to karaoke. To. Yeah, absolutely. Is that where you're going? Yeah, I would have gone 80s. I'm not sure what I would have done, but he was forced to sing that particular song. Are you going hard rock? Or you no, gonna, I'd I probably I'd do something rock. like, I'd, yeah, something a little soft maybe to sh- let, let my... Fair. You know, my talents shine so, through. So not uh I'm trying to think what the song is called. Let the body sit the floor. Nothing oh, that, okay. not that heavy? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I I'm not doing that. Oh. Uh yesterday the Cardinals decided to option Lane Thomas. I thought they may do this after the game that we saw on Wednesday. So he goes to the alternate site. The corresponding move was to pick up the contract they selected the contract of scott hurst and they placed dakota hudson on the 60-day il so that gives them some flexibility with their uh, 40-man roster so they were not pleased with his defense he was two for nine at the plate think about thomas if you look at his full body of work albeit very short in the big leagues he's been an average um, offensive player not poor he's been fine not great, not poor, right in the middle. He's been average. But the defense the other day was not going to cut it. Mike Schilt, you may remember on what he's seen uh, from Lane Thomas after Wednesday's game. Just go make plays. Do the best you can. Be aggressive. We'll take our best shot. You know, I mean, early in the game he comes in and dives for a ball and gets by him. You know, you can live with that. You know, just go play and uh, trust your ability and let it, let it all hang out. And, you know, after that, it is what it is. You know, your ability is your ability. So, 
you know, Lane's been a good player for us. Um, he's got a lot of skills and he's got a chance to, to help us for sure, or has helped us. So it wasn't maybe the best day for him, but, but we move on and he'll move on. He'll be fine. And the thing about Thomas, I, I just saw that he was timid. And if you're going to play at this level, you can't play timid. He was timid. Some of those balls that got by him, ball that wasn't caught, can't happen. And so Lane Thomas goes to the alternate site. We will see him at another point this year. It's so early in the season. We're going to see him again at some point this year. There's no doubt about that. So who is Scott Hurst? Three minor league seasons, never above double A. 231 games, 263 the average, 12 home runs. He's driven in 90. He can run a bit. We saw him in spring training. Wasn't overmatched, did fine in spring training, but this is regular season now. So Scott Hurst uh, will get the call up. So Carlson is going to be the center fielder, clearly going forward. And then you have the outfield spots. And John Mosaloc has talked about still believing in more impact from the outfield. The one thing, early takeaway right now is, is I still think our outfield is going to be impactful. I think uh, you know our, our infield's talented. I think our bullpen's talented. And I think our starting pitching will, will catch its groove. So that's John Mosellock and then Mike Shield. He knows the outfielders. You know, in a way, you're, st- you're still kind of learning on the job as we go. All we're asking for is go make routine plays and, and, and be clean and be aggressive and assertive and trust yourself. And question earlier today about you know, Williams getting comfortable. Well, well, how's that happen? You get opportunities, you know, you get opportunities. And so it's chicken egg, right? And you want to find out and you want to be patient. You want to give guys learning curves and opportunities. Well, that's great. And that's, I understand that. That's, that's you know, they have to start somewhere. And um, when you have a couple, three of them doing it at the same time, it's a little more of a, of a challenge. But um, nonetheless, it's um, part of it, and we, we find out. And the biggest thing you want them to do is be able to grow from it. So that's the outfield situation for the Cardinals. I think what we have to see starting tonight with Carlos Martinez, starters have to go deeper. That That is something that's got to happen. They're going to get KK back on Saturday, so he's back in the rotation uh, this weekend. Last year, really good. Seven starts, appeared in eight games. Had a save in that one game. That was the beginning of the season, a 1.62 ERA. But the starters... Right now, they are throwing way more than, uh, I'm sorry, they're not throwing as much as they need to. They need to throw more innings, way more innings. So the starters are at 53 and a third. The relievers, 52 and two-thirds. That is not sustainable. Fun visit yesterday on the fast lane. It was Jason Isringhausen, the Cardinals Hall of Famer and the all-time saves leader in Cardinals history. And he talked about what's happening right now, the relievers, pitching more innings at times than the starters it's not sustainable you know yeah you can do it the first couple weeks of the season but you know it's it's not going to be sustainable for very long and our starters got to get a little more uh, efficient with their pitches uh the old saying that three pitches or less you should be on first base in the dugout um these guys need to take that to heart a little bit and pound the strike zone and not worry about strikeouts pitch contact defense all of those cliche things that we say when when things are going bad and but yeah they're gonna have to do some things different absolutely he nailed it on the head not sustainable and maybe it changes tonight with carlos martinez k again back in the rotation on saturday but i wouldn't anticipate that he goes very deep cardinals and the rest of baseball have been so cautious about what they're doing with their starters in terms of how far they go in games and i would assume that's the case on saturday but 
if Carlos Martinez is on tonight, you go deeper into the game with him. We're going to get the Phillies perspective on what's happening with them. Tom McCarthy, longtime play-by-play voice of the Phillies, is coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Ten seventeen time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. A reminder that Cardinals baseball can be seen tonight. My partner will be Jim Edmonds and will be on Valley Sports. Cardinals start a road trip through Philly and then to Washington, then back home here in St. Louis. Tom McCarthy is a longtime play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. I've said this to Tom in person. I think he is one of the best in the country. You've probably seen him on the NFL, whether it be radio, TV, NCAA tournament, and as I mentioned, the play-by-play voice of the Phils. T-Mac, great to hear your voice. How are things going? Danny, I'm doing great. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, things are pretty good here. What's uh, Give me the feeling in, in Philly with baseball back. I, I mean, we're so excited here in St. Louis. Uh, just got through with our opening homestand, and fans are back in the stands, about 13,000 or so. What's it like in Philadelphia? You know, it's pretty much the same. I, I have to say that after the Phillies' last homestand, they were 5-1, and one, so the optimism was pretty bright. And then they went 1-5 and five on the road trip, so it's not as bright now. But I do think that from a fan standpoint, it's – it feels like it's near capacity the way that they're, you know, how vocal they are, Absolutely. how energetic they are. I think the hope is just like, um, you know, for, for a lot of us is that they'll keep increasing the number of fans that can come to the ballpark. You know, the state says 50%, the city says 25%. So hopefully, you know, that number will keep increasing. But it's been great having them back. As you know, I mean, man, we feed off that energy. There's no question. Everybody does. Players do, broadcasters, everybody in the stands. It's great to have uh, fans back. Your general outlook on the Phillies this year, it, it's been early. You, you brought back Real Muto. You got, obviously, one of the game's best, at least from our perspective, in Bryce Harper, Joe Girardi at the helm. What are the Phillies in 2021? You know, Danny, the biggest thing is I think this road trip has shown that, that they have to do a better job of just, A, well, and I think this is across baseball, just making contact. You know, they they struck out uh, 14 times on Wednesday. They struck out uh, the one through five, struck out 33 times on this road trip. Uh, but we're optimistic that as a, as a city that this is going to be a team that will contend uh, for a postseason spot. I still think the Braves are the upper echelon in the, in the division. I think the Mets are really good, but I still think the Phillies will contend for a, a postseason spot. I mean, it's been a long drought. I mean, it, you know, the, it, it's shocking after the five consecutive division crowns that, you know, the Phillies have not made the postseason since. That's a long time. Uh, but I think everybody's optimistic. This bullpen was horrific last year, uh, but they've kind of turned, turned that around a little bit. And I think that that's going to be a big deal because if the bullpen was a little bit better last year, they would have found their way in the postseason. We were talking yesterday about players. We just had Juan Soto come through, and I said I would pay to watch that guy play. He reminds me of the right-handed version in his prime of Albert Pujols. I would watch to pay to watch Fernando Tatis and Trout and some of the others. The other guy I mentioned is Bryce Harper, and, and you watch him every day. What, what is it like watching Harper, and would you put him in that class of those guys that you'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd pay a ticket to go watch that guy play? Well, I would definitely pay a ticket to go watch him play. I, I think the one thing that, that stood out to all of us, because we watched him from a, a short distance in Washington for all those years before, you know, and we obviously didn't like him 
uh, as a right. fan base because because he was you know the best player on the Nationals or one of the best players on the Nationals. Um, he plays hard. You know, I, I know this road trip. There were a couple of ground balls that he didn't run out, but everything else. I mean, it, it, since he's come over, he has played hard and he has embraced the fans. He embraced every bit of the fans, and they love that. I mean, you know how Philly is. I mean, yeah. it, it's blue collar. If you show a little semblance of love and blue collar to them then they're going to love you back for the entire time you're here. So I think that's what's so cool about him. We had Joe Girardi as a player in St. Louis, and I worked some games with Joe. He is a very bright guy, as you well know. Tell me about seeing Joe Girardi managing a tough bullpen a year ago, getting through a truncated season, and just being around Joe. What's that like? Uh, he's great. I mean, I always tell people, you know, the Phillies, you know, have an adult in the room again, uh, which was awesome. You know, we were very fortunate with Charlie Manuel. For all those years. And Pete McCannon was tremendous, too. Um, you know, but Joe has added a semblance of normalcy, baseball normalcy, uh, back to the Phillies clubhouse, which we didn't have for a couple of years under Gabe Kapler. It just wasn't there. It was just different. I mean, it, and we all know that the game is changing, but it probably changed a little too quickly uh, for the Philadelphia fan like likeness. Um, Joe has been great. Rob Thompson, his bench coach, has been great. I think one of the things that has stunk for all of us is that, you know, Brian Price was our pitching coach last year, and he was awesome, uh, and he decided to step away this year. But we got a young kid who's uh, who's really done a nice job in Caleb Cotham. But, you know, but Joe's been awesome. He's been unbelievable. I think it's safe to say, too, when you look out west, you got the Dodgers, you got the Padres, everybody else. The Central is up for grabs. But I, I think the most competitive – division maybe in baseball is the national league east and i could make a case for the phillies the nationals the mets even the marlins um there's a there's just a great competitive nature this year in the east would you agree with that i would agree with that i i think it's it's gonna they're gonna beat each other up i mean if you win 90 games um you probably are gonna win the division i don't know if it's gonna be much north of 90 games i think we've already seen that the phillies first 13 games or against the East, and I think they're going to be very, or 12 games because of the rain out yesterday, they're going to be very excited to see somebody outside the Eastern time zone yeah. uh, tonight uh, when the Cardinals come to town. Well, I, I got to ask you, too, we have Scott Rowland here in St. Louis, and now he's a Cardinal Hall of Famer, and if you look at the trends and how the voting is going uh, with Major League Baseball and the Hall of Famers, he's headed to the Hall of Fame. What was it like when you were covering him in Philly? And I think you were there by that time. I'm not yeah. sure. Tell me the, the relationship between the Phillies and Scott Rowland, because we didn't really talk about it all that much here in St. Louis. You know, he, he, uh, my first home run that I ever called in the big leagues was a Scott Rowland home run that hit oh, the, great. Uh, when he was with the Phillies, when he hit the, uh, the fair pole down a left field line. Uh, I think that he was, I, I want to say misunderstood in Philadelphia, but I think that, I, I mean, he's one of those guys. I mean, obviously he's in the Cardinals hall of fame, but I think that if we look back at this organization, he's one of those guys that probably should have been in Philadelphia for his entire career. I know it doesn't work out that way anymore. I mean, Yachty is obviously an aberration, um, but he should have been in Philadelphia his entire career because he would have fit this city and the narrative of this city for his entire career. I think that as time has gone on, uh, things have thawed between the organization, between the city and Scott. Uh, but he was as good as he was in St. Louis. That's how good as he was here. I mean, think about how he played on the turf at Veterans Stadium. No he doubt. was just all over the place. Uh, so I'm happy that he's getting this post-career recognition. 
because he's I think he's a great dude. I like his family a lot. And I'm hoping that he does get that recognition on a Hall of Fame level. Tom McCarthy, the longtime play-by-play voice of the Phillies, my guest. And I, I want to ask you about another St. Louis connection to the Phillies, and that's Ryan Howard. What what is what is he thought of in the terms of how the city views Ryan Howard and, and what he was able to do there? Uh, I mean, they love him. They love every bit of him. Um, he just opened a restaurant in South Jersey. Oh, is that I right? Think people are excited about. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's a a a, a chicken. It's basically a, a fast, I don't want to say fast food chicken restaurant because it's not fast food, but it is. Um, so he's done a lot of great things in the city. They still love him here. Um, you know, he's he's one of those guys, even though he did dip his toe in the Rockies organization, that they're excited that he's played pretty much his whole career in Philadelphia. I think that the injury in the postseason where he tore his Achilles broke yeah. not only his heart, but it probably broke everybody in the city's heart because I think that's where the organization changed. Because if he had stayed healthy, uh, he probably would have been a 500 home run guy. And I think people would have looked at him in this organization the same way they, that they look at Mike Schmidt. I was just going to ask you about Mike Schmidt. What, what's it like working with Mike Schmidt? He's great. He, you know, it's funny. It, <laughs> He tries to stay really in tune with the game. I think like a lot of older guys, you know, veteran guys, he's frustrated with the game, the number of strikeouts. I, I was just talking to Ryan, I, as strange as it sounds, I was just talking to Ryan Sandberg, and it was kind of the same conversation about just because uh, we were talking about Arenado and the fact that he's won eight straight gold gloves because Sandberg won nine straight, you know, back when he was with the Cubs. And uh, we were talking just about the game. And I think like, like Sandberg, committee would like to see the game – get closer to what it was when he played, not sort of, you know, standing on his lawn and yelling and things like that, just would like to see more action, you know, more contact. Um, I brought up exit velocity to him last home stand about something, and he goes, yeah, I don't really believe in that whole exit velocity. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so natural and so sincere that I just started laughing. I mean, it was just very funny. It was that, very funny. But he's been great. He's great. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. It's great being around the Hall of Famers and their viewpoint of, of yesteryear and what's happening now. I wanted to ask you, too, about doing the NCAA tournament this year, and you did a fantastic job. You had some good games as well. What was it like, the atmosphere of, you know, some assemblance of fans and the intensity of that and the kids being in a bubble and, and trying to call the NCAA tournament? Well, it was awesome to just be back there and to have, you know, the feeling of fans around you. I mean, there weren't many, obviously, but it was still enough. Um, it's the first time I've done the NCAA tournament on television. I'd done it for the last 25 years on the radio, uh, and it was pretty cool. I mean, the, the whole setup and how they did it. And I know there's some people that feel like there's exploitation for the student athletes, and I get what they're saying and everything like that. Um, but even looking beyond that, it was just great to have that sort of feeling of 70% normalcy when it came to a sporting event like that, um, maybe not 70%. I, I think the players, people say, well, why would, it, why would it be that big of a deal that they're, you know, they're in this bubble? I mean, <laughs> their, their time away from the basketball court was spent either in a, in a, hotel, uh, in a hotel sort of um, hall, Mm-hmm. or out on the Indianapolis minor league field playing games with other players. That was it. Wow. So if you were there for the long haul, 
you were basically sequestered for a long time. But I, I will say it was great. It was just great to have some sense of normalcy from a basketball standpoint. I thought the I thought the NCAA did a really good job with everything. What was the uh, the policies for the broadcasters and those in the media that are part of CBS? Were you guys asked to do that as well? I'm assuming you were yeah, tested and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we were allowed to go and pick up food uh, and bring it back to the hotel. Uh, point, you know, we were not we were not allowed to sit in a restaurant and have dinner or anything like that, which was fine. Uh, I was there for seven days and um, you know got tested uh, uh, three times while I was there, which was not odd because with CBS, you know, every week we had a game, I would have to get tested, whether it be the NFL or college basketball. So. You know, for me, I felt like it kept me, kept my family healthy in a lot of ways. Because if, you know, in a household of six, if I tested positive, then we knew that it was going to start sliding around everybody else. Um, but it was fine. I really thought it was a, I thought it was a great experience for everybody. I don't want to speak for the players, but I, from our standpoint, it was very enjoyable. Hey, Tom, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. I, I miss, and I know you do as well, going out on the road. One of my favorite places to go is Philly because of the, first of all, the city is wonderful. It's a great place, historic, great restaurants, all that stuff. But then the, the intensity of the fans. I think the fans get a bad rap. Am I right with this? I mean, you guys have great fans, but yet everybody points to, you know, well, they, you know, did this with Santa Claus and this, that, and the other. I, I think your fans are awesome. I, I do. I, I'm, I, well, I will stand I on that tree. That. I, I do think they get a bad rap. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, we're so close to New York and there's so similar, there's so many similarities to the, the fan bases in New York, but the Philly fan, uh, the one thing, one thing I tell people is that even during baseball season, Every game is almost like an NFL game where you sit and chew on it for a week before the Eagles play again. It's kind of the same thing with a Phillies game. You know, we played on Wednesday, rained out yesterday, uh, missed a Grom. But since that time, I mean, the, the fans are using that the, those 48 hours to just be so livid about this road trip. And that's what I love about them. I mean, they care. They care about every bit of it. No doubt. Hey, T-Mac, great to uh, visit with you. Thanks for doing this. You're awesome at what you do. You know I feel that way, and uh, I'm sure we're going to catch up uh, later today. Yeah, sounds good, Danny. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You got it. That's uh, Tom McCarthy, longtime play-by-play voice of the Phillies. And um, one of the textures say, well, they throw batters, batteries. Come on, man. Well, Look, I, I've been there uh, countless times. Their fans are fantastic. They're into every pitch. They're intense. They support their teams. And I agree with him on the rolling thing. Um, if he stays there, he goes down as one of the greats ever in Philly sports history. Because you know why? Scott Rowland played hard. And fan bases that are into it like theirs, they appreciate that. And so he did it on the turf. He did it on the heat. He was beloved by Harry Callis, which is important there. Longtime broadcaster, appreciated Scott Rowland. We were there on Harry Callis Day, and Scott Rowland popped out of the dugout to to wave to, to Harry when he walked by and, and was going by in a motorcade. So it, I, I, I just think they get a bad rap. They're fun. I, I enjoy them. So anyway, that's where I stand, Tanner, on the fan base of the Phillies. Hey, that's fair. Yeah. That's They're just fair. intense. You got to love that, though. I do love it. I, I think there are certain places you go. Like, I get a kick out of the New York fans. The oh, New York great. fans are fun. Uh, I was there at days at the old Shea, and the place was so loud, it the, the press box was going up and down. It was going up and down. 
I mean, it was electric. A car, a, a, a Martina, a Pedro Martinez start with the Mets at the end of his career, even though he was not the same that he was in Boston. Place was going nuts when he would walk out to the bullpen just to warm up. I like those. And and their team in the mid-2000s, you know, when you're talking like 05, 06, 07, 08, those are really good teams. Jose Reyes, David Wright, Delgado, list goes on and on. They were fun teams to watch, and they were loaded, and they should have beaten the Cardinals probably in 06, but they didn't, and that series is one of the great series in postseason history. So give me a fan base that's passionate. Count me in. I'm in. Booze, cheers, all of it. Just have the passion. I'd agree with that. I, I think it's fan apathy is the worst thing. That means they don't care. That's true. I, I think it's telling when this is probably going to sound bad, but when a fan base boos a player, it just shows kind of their frustration. It kind of shows that fans care, and it shows that they're really into it too. I believe now that does go to a certain extent. Like uh, we look at Matt Carpenter. We Matt Carpenter, a big topic here in St. Louis. But he hits the home run. We see the love he gets on his first home run of the season. I think that shows you kind of a fan base. Yeah. I mean, what this is more of a – I think there's this, this fan base is sympathetic more to players that are struggling and guys that, that have had you know success, and they're pulling for them. And that's okay. That's how it is here in St. Louis. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. A lot of texts coming in. You can jump in at 65780BK. We'll be uh, with you at 11, whether it's in studio or at the um, Centene. One or the other. One or the other. We had a little problem hooking up with him. He was supposed to do a show with Alex with um, the remote. Yeah, over at Centene. Yeah, technology. Didn't happen, did it? No, not going. What's great. going on? Is this is this your problem? No, no, not my fault. You did you mess this whole thing up? You were no, trying to. You're hijacking this thing. I got the buttons over here, and uh, they all look right. All right, great. There's like a million in front of me, and I'll be honest, I don't know what half of these do. <laughs> I agree with you. I know the mic here on off, so that one I've got down. You're down on that one. Uh, let's see, five seven three, Danny Mac. I am not a Braves fan, but it appears to me that one of the most underrated players is Ronald Acuna Jr. Yet no one seems to mention him in the top players in the league. Um, I'm totally in agreement with that. That's a hundred percent correct, and that's on me too. We were we were talking about the great players the other day that you would pay to watch. So Tanner, we're, we're talking. I think Soto, Trout, no particular order. For me, I put in Harper because I think he's a lightning rod of, you know, you kind of want to watch him. Maybe you want to cheer, not cheer, whatever. But you're you're going to watch him play. Twin Towers in New York. Yeah. Judge and uh, Judge and Stanton. Stanton. And, but they get a lot of fanfare because they're in New York. Like if you watch MLB Network or whatever, a lot of the focus is on the Yankees and they're based in New York. So you're going to talk about the Yankees and it's the East Coast thing with Judge and Stanton. I get that. Unfortunately, because of the late night games, we don't see a lot of Trout. But, hey, the Padres play out there. We see a lot of Fernando Tatis. True. So why? Because he's put himself out there more maybe than other players. But the other guy that is so underrated is Ronald Acuna Jr. Did you see what he did the other day? He hits a bullet. I mean, an absolute bullet to short and beats it out. That would be another one. Um, I think Otani is another guy. It was cool that his spot fell on Sunday Night Baseball two weekends ago 
and he's hitting second in their lineup. He's pitching, and he's hitting triple digits, and then he hits a bomb that's the longest home run of the year. And exit velocity was like 110 or 115, whatever it was. So it's pretty amazing to see exactly what he can do on a baseball field. I'm curious. You're a big baseball fan. Obviously. Did you watch? <laughs> did you wa- did you see the Rays game last night? I did. Did you see the six man out? Or no, what was it? Five man outfield. Mm-hmm. Holy! There was the guy on the other side. Of second. Dan, I was losing it. I was. It screaming happened with Carpenter. Butt. Do you remember when Joe Madden did that with Carpenter at Wrigley? It was Carpenter. <laughs> they could not get him out a few years ago at Wrigley Field, and it's when he wound up hitting, I think, thirty eight home runs. But he just got on fire, and they couldn't get him out. And so they put four outfielders in the outfield and the left side of the infield was wide open. And then he still, I think he went, it was coming off the heels of having five hits in the game. And I think it was a home run, three doubles and a single, something like that. And no one else had done that in the history of Cardinal baseball or he matched somebody, but it was a historic game. I, I Now that you say that, I think I do remember it, but seeing it last night, watching that game, I went Thursday. No way, right? I'm like, right. why can we not bunt? Come on. I mean, there were. I agree with you. I mean, the, you got to be able to put down the bunt. The closest guy to second base was, I believe, the second baseman, and he was just on the other side of the back. The whole left side was empty. The whole left side. 3 1 4, Danny Mack. If Brandon Phillips was traded to the Cardinals, uh, and this is, of course, after that huge brawl, would he have gotten booed during his first plate appearance? No. I don't think he would have. Even after the brawl, I think in the, now he's traded. He's he's now a Cardinal because what would have happened is Brandon Phillips told me, by the way, in an interview, he said the best fans in the game are in St. Louis. So that would have been made public. He would have had a lot of quotes about the brawl. That's fine. Um, and he would have come back and said, no, nah, I, I want to be in St. Louis. I'm a Cardinal now. Bygones are bygones. People would have said, no problem. He's on our team now. No, I think he would have been great. Uh, let's see. Not trying to be a smart Alec Danny Mac. Just curious, when was the last time you paid to see a game? Hmm. College football. Not baseball. No, I actually paid for some tickets for, I think, a road game one time. Been a while. Been a long time. I don't pay for many baseball games. What a job. Yeah, what a seat you have. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's stealing. Um, the other one would be uh, Danny Mac. Would you pay to see Tim Anderson? I think, yeah, Tim Anderson's a great player. He's a great player. I would pay to see a Brayu hit too. I like watching him play. I think that's fun to watch those guys play. He's incredible. He's been good ever since he got to the big leagues. Yeah. He kind of floated under the radar for a while. Now that the White Sox are getting better, he is uh, going to take main stage MVP last year. Yeah. I. He's got a chance again to, you know, be up there for a batting championship. You don't turn away when you see great players. Is it, The way I look at it, Tanner is like, okay, I got a chance to go, you know, grab some food out of the refrigerator. <clears throat> the game's on TV. Am I walking away from an Albert Pujols at bat? No. Would I walk away from a Brayu? No. Am I walking away from Bryce Harper? No. Tim Anderson? Probably not. You know what I mean? Those are great players. I, I'm not going to do that. Judge Stanton? Absolutely not. Um and there's others that I'm probably missing. Acuna would be another one. They're just they, we have such good play, and that's the problem. What's going on with baseball right now? We have such good talent in the game, and unfortunately, we're not seeing it enough because strikeouts are so high and prevalent in the game. And you get paid for home runs. So what are guys going to do? 
Swing for the fences. You got it. Uh, we're going to visit with BK. Apparently, we have hooked up with BK. We'll do the crossover when we come back, and that's next on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. tell you tanner it's pretty amazing um just magically they got the remote to work at the very end of this show yeah talk about timing just incredible how that works out um by the way zach collins of uh schnooks just dropped off a derby day delight if you will so they have a package at schnook oh there's some great food in there and I just had a little piece of bread with pimento cheese. Have you ever had pimento cheese? No, I don't think I so have. So at the Masters, they have pimento cheese sandwiches. Like you see those, and they, they, they're like a dollar. You know, like a beer there is like a dollar twenty-five. At they, the Masters? Yeah, they don't raise the, the prices. I'm going to the Masters. Yeah, the pimento cheese sandwiches are there. And so Zach Collins at Schnooks, they have a deal going on right now with the uh, Derby. Right around the corner, you can get it, and they stock the whole thing for you for all Derby-related type food. It's really cool. So thank you, Zach. Thank you, Schnucks. Uh, let's go out to Centene. And again, amazingly, I, it's just funny how this stuff works out. BK, you missed the entire show, but hey, it's okay. We got through it without you. How you doing this morning? Hey, listen, Dan, um, I am I am actually on time. You know, the party actually starts whenever I arrive. Is on that the show, right? And I've arrived. Yeah. Well, maybe you should arrive on time next time at like 10 a.m. on you know, Monday. You know, I, I've been called Mariah once or twice in my life, and so I, I show up when I'm ready to show up. Right? I, I, hey, you're you're a star. I get it. We we all need to just get out of the way of you and let you do your thing. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, it's nice to have you finally connected here. So good morning, good weekend to you, and let's hope you have a good show and it doesn't uh, fall apart. You know, I mean, it's it's not going to be quite as good as the show that you did this morning where you, first of all, made a family's year when you told them that they were going to be able to come hang out with you during a Cardinals game. I mean, what more could anybody possibly ask for? Um, uh-huh. And then I, as a listener, got to hear Randy Carricker sing over the air. I mean, that that is just one hell of a morning. For what did myself. you think of that? I mean, just wonderful. He had the voice of mm-hmm. Fergie and Jesus. So yeah. what more could I ask for, honestly, the, at 945 on a Friday morning? Yeah, the voice of an angel, Randy Carricker, singing like a virgin of Madonna. And he lost a bet, as you well know, and had to do it. Tanner, you listened to it. You thought it was spectacular. I did. And BK was so inspired. He texted me and he said, you know what? I'm going to have to sing a little bit on is a show. Is that right? That's right. BK is That's going incredible. to karaoke one day. Not BK to win. Next week when I'm not, I don't have Moderna going through my veins. What, what's your uh, What's your song of choice? Uh, that's a good question, Dan. I would need a little more time to prepare, but um, you know, Sweet Caroline's always a crowd please. No, 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 that's too easy. That's how about a classic, though. how about a little Bette Midler? <laughs> I think you could do it. I think you could pull it off. You're a sentimental guy. When doves cry, Dan. <laughs> there you go. Go a little Prince. I think so. How you doing, uh, Ferrario? I'm great. I'm just enjoying this conversation between both of you. And you know what, Dan? I'm I'm glad you're holding BK accountable because somebody has to do it. I'm 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 assuming. 
you know, he was just sitting in here looking at the board like, oh, well, it's not working, so I guess I can't do the show. And I walked in here, and as Tanner knows, you know, he's enjoying his Long Island iced teas and his cigar outside, so it makes a, a lot martini. of sense. Unbelievable. It's a, it's a dirty martini. You know this, Alex. It's a Friday. He likes it dirty, Dan. <laughs> Is that right? You know, he did he did us dirty by not showing up for his show. Amen, brother. I would never do that to you, Dan. Dan, you know what the worst part is? Like, I, I'm not an engineer, right? But I've I've been a producer in my past, and so I have at least enough knowledge to kind of have an understanding of what's going on in front of me. Not an expertise, but enough knowledge. I did. I, I tried to figure out what was wrong. I troubleshooted a bunch of different things. Eventually, I said, "You know what? We've got to have the. We've got to have somebody come out here, an engineer that's actually an expert at this." So we had one, and Mike Ryder come out, and he tried to figure out what was going on. He literally turned on the mic, talked back to Tanner, and everything was fine. Are you, you being serious? Be kidding me? Yeah, I, I swear. So really, you just didn't turn on the mic. No, <laughs> no. So it was. Dan, Dan, don't you do this to I'm me. just saying, well, we've gone through the change of tire thing. I just figured this is falling in line with that. I'm just saying. Dan, we're not getting into that tire thing on Friday. Okay. We don't have to do that. All right, what's coming up on your show? So coming up today, very excited for the show, as always. We've got uh, Rick Vanderhoek. He is the Cal State Fullerton head baseball coach. He coached Scott Hurst, the new uh, Cardinals outfielder at Fullerton from 2015 to 2017. And, Dan, I talked with him a little bit last night as we were kind of prepping to get him on the show. I didn't realize this. Dylan Carlson was committed to yep. play for him at Fullerton before the Cardinals took him in the first round. So we'll learn a little bit more about a young Dylan Carlson. He coached Matt Chapman, J.D. Uh, JD Davis, Kurt Suzuki, Justin Turner. He's had some really good players. So really excited to talk with him coming up at 1130. At 1215, we've got John Vooch, who is uh, in the Cardinals front office. So we'll talk to him about some of the, the farm guys that are getting ready here pretty soon to be able to go out and play their AAA season. So a lot coming up today on the Cardinals, and we're going to start with Lane Thomas officially being sent down to the alternate side. Yeah, Vooch is one of the longest uh, tenured members of the Cardinals front office. Great guy. Looking forward to hearing that. Guys, looking forward to your show. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.